welcome to Irreligiosophy. This is our fifth podcast. What we're going to try to do once a month um, is uh, cast about in the news and find stories that are interesting to uh, atheists or secular humanists or those of us who don't believe. Yeah, and in fact, uh, what brought this about was Charlie sending me a, a link saying, you really have to see what Glenn Beck's up to again. And once I watched it, I just kind of laughed and said, okay, we've really got to talk about this on the story. But first on the chopping block, I would actually like to hit what the Pope is doing. The Pope is actually pushing for pharmacists to be able to uh, uh, use their conscientious judgment to uh, tell people of the moral implications of using contraceptives and the day-after pill. So, so basically in a nutshell, Pope Benedict XVI said Monday, pharmacists have the right to use conscientious objection to avoid dispensing emergency contraception or euthanasia drugs, and told them they should also inform patients of the ethical implications of using such drugs. Now, you as a doctor, I'm sure this hits right down in the heart of things. Well, you know, um, our former Governor Levitt, who's now in, uh, who was, I guess, under Bush in charge, and dear God, I hope he's not anymore, in charge of... Um, so what the health department? I yeah, think yeah, he was. He was center. trying to push forth a, a law very similar for doctors, and this is the whole thing is to protect the conscience of doctors, so that if yeah. doctors object to uh, abortion, for example, then they don't have to tell the patient about abortion. Yeah, they don't have to give them that option when the patient comes in seeking a resolution to whatever health problem they're having. Now, the interesting thing is, is Charlie told me about this, and the first thing that popped into my head is, well, which religion exactly are we going to be following with our ethical solutions? What if you're Jehovah's Witness? Right. I mean... They don't think about this stuff, right? So Jehovah's Witness doctor, under this law that was proposed, could say, because of his religious beliefs, I, you know, I don't like blood transfusions, so I'm not going to give that as an option to this severely anemic patient. Yes, and we'll just let you bleed out. Let's you, your options are pretty much to eat some iron or die. There's nothing else. I think that if you have a conscientious objection to medical treatment, get the hell out of the medical profession. Well, exactly. Get out of the pharmaceutical profession if I you mean, don't like dispensing these medications. The whole point of becoming a pharmacist is to serve people, to actually give them the drugs that they are coming for, and for you to sit there and be all high and mighty and say, oh, well, I can't give you this contraception because it goes against what my religion believes. Now, what other drugs are they going to be able to do from here? I mean, the Pope is just talking about contraceptions. And also, uh, you know, the euthanasia drugs, as he calls it, the emergency contraceptions. Well, what happens later down the road when all of a sudden the Pope says, well, you know, I hear vitamin C is bad for the spirit, so, uh, yeah. Or, or Mormons, right? Uh, no caffeine. No caffeine, um, exactly. Uh, and we'll just legislate against coffee. It's the, the main point of this matter, the central point, is that physicians are in a fiduciary relationship with their patients. It would be like going to an attorney, and you're going to them for their expertise. That's the fiduciary relationship. You're going to an accountant, uh, asking for their expertise. And this attorney doesn't like one of the two. He, he, he thinks that um, the, you know, a certain defense um, is unethical because of his religious beliefs, and he just flat out doesn't tell you. That's not good. Law. That's not good practice of law. Well, see, the problem I see with this is if it actually comes into being, anything like this, 
I would lose complete faith and trust in, say, doctors if they were allowed to decide what treatments to give me on their ethical basis. I believe what they should do is say, here are your options. I don't perform abortions. I, they can even say, I personally believe abortions are unethical. Um, but you better damn well tell them. Yeah. Abortion's an option. Abortion's an option. We it's don't legal. treat it here. If you want to find that, please go someplace else. Abortion's legal in the United States. Yeah. So, uh, here's your option. Here, here's a pill that you can take. I'm not going to dispense it for you. I think that's ridiculous because they're going to have to go and um, yeah, talk about another losing doctor. business. But uh, and I mean, the Bush uh, administration and the FDA held up um, the emergency contraception Plan B yeah. because they thought it was abortion. Right? I think uh, uh, one of the heads of the FDA resigned over it because she thought it was ridiculous, and it is. It's now available over the counter, so you don't have to go to a physician. Yeah. Um, but pharmacists, they can refuse to dispense it, I guess, if this yeah. if this stuff passes. If this comes through, pharmacists are actually able to say, oh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go someplace else. Now, now remember, this is a time-sensitive medication. It's very effective within the first 48 to 72 hours. After 72 hours, it becomes uh, less and less and less effective. Yeah. So I would say that if you are refused... And uh, you can't get in until the next day, or the pharmacies are closed, you have to go to a different town, and you end up not terminating that pregnancy or not preventing the pregnancy. Then because it's, it's a, there's a debate whether it's an abortion or not. Yeah. Um, it prevents implantation. It doesn't really abort the... I don't really see it as being an abortion anyway. if it's preventing implantation. That's just anyway. stupid anyway. Um, I would say sue these pharmacists for child wrongful birth. Yeah. Sue them for child support. Let's see... How far their ethics go? Yeah. Are you willing to pay uh, 18 years child support for this kid? Are you willing to settle a $150,000 wrongful birth lawsuit? Well, see, I mean, you brought up How earlier. How much are your ethics worth? Exactly. You? you brought up earlier that you were fine with doctors saying, here are your treatment options. I don't believe in the ethical ramifications, ramifications of abortion, and therefore I will not treat that for you. That's fine and dandy. Go ahead and say that. Because you will lose patience. I can guarantee you, if I come in with my wife, she's sitting in front of this doctor, and the doctor says, okay, uh, your life is in danger, you need to abort this child, however, my ethical ramifications won't allow me to treat you, so sorry, go someplace else. I can guarantee you, I will never, ever come back to him, and he will never hear the end of it from my friends. Even worse would be to go and say... I'm sorry, your life's in danger. There's really nothing we can do for you. He yeah. just doesn't say it. What you need to do is put all the options on the table and allow the patients to make that decision. It is the patient's choice. Your obligation as a physician is to inform them of all of their uh, um, options. options. And they need to make the choice. They need to make the informed decision. That's a fiduciary relationship. What you're doing is you're taking that decision out of their hands. Why? Because you have a conscientious objection to the treatment? Get out of medicine. You don't belong in there. Well, see, that's the problem. You go to medical school to learn all of this stuff, so I don't have to. And then to. you withhold? They're paying you money to give you expert opinion. You withhold the information. Exactly. So that would mean I would have to educate myself to your level to use those services. Because then I could sit there and I could think, well, wait a minute. I, I, I remember reading about this one treatment. And if I asked the doctor... What's he going to say? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you about that treatment because I don't believe it's, it's ethically proper. It's awful. This is not a physician or pharmacist conscious. That's not the main issue. The main issue is uh, informed 
consent and informed treatment. You have to you have to give the patient the options, otherwise you are violating that patient's rights and their trust that they've placed in you by coming to you. Yeah, talk about shooting all pharmacists in the foot with this, because where does this stop? This is just a tiny step at the moment, but what happens when, oh, contraceptives are bad? Well, where does it stop? What's next on the chopping block? Yeah, blood block? transfusion. What, what if you go to some... Uh, a doc who who believes in this strange um, religion that you have absolutely no idea, and you get some crazy uh, medical advice from it. I mean, it, it opens a, a huge can of worms, and I hope it goes down in flames. All right. Have we beaten that one to death? I'm pretty sure we're done with that one, so we can move on. Overall, I'm a big fan of Obama. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a huge step up from Bush. I believe in his inauguration, he was attempting to reach across the aisle and show that he could be a president for everybody. He chose uh, Rick Warren to give his prayer at the inauguration. Yeah. Now, I'll agree with Charlie. In fact, uh, I was all for Obama beating out everybody else. So, I mean, that's just to say what we want to say from the beginning. We are for Obama. However, Rick Warren is laughable. This was a mistake on Obama's part. This guy does not need any more national attention. He does not need a nationwide uh, platform, especially historical platform, where you have the inauguration of the first African-American president. Yeah. He does not need to be given this. I mean, that's you actually bring up an excellent point. That is some grave weight placed right there. Give it to someone like a Unitarian or an Episcopalian. Uh, if there has to be a prayer at the inauguration, well, I think it's ridiculous, but... Um, if there has to be one, give it to someone who is middle-of-the-road, progressive, who reflects Obama's values, I think. Uh, this guy's an idiot. And, and here, we'll just um, play some for you. Almighty God, our Father, everything we see and everything we can't see exists because of you alone. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, apparently, God is up there. And he's so insecure that you got to start your prayer by saying, Oh, God, everything we see is due to you, and we know it. Yeah. Like, you're going to piss him off if you don't acknowledge that. Well, If that... I had all the power in the universe, that would just annoy me. Well, see, and that's the funny thing. You're is... telling me something I already yeah. know. Yeah, but it all depends on which part of the Bible you're reading. If you're reading the Old Testament... That's what God wants to hear. If you're reading the New Testament, he's a softer, fluffier God. He's kind of a bastard, isn't he, in the Old Testament? Yeah, he is. I kind of like him better back then. It all comes from you. It all belongs to you. It all exists for your glory. History is your story. Now that's what really hit me, was the history is your story. Really? Which history? Are we talking Chinese history? Are we talking African history? Uh, Humans have been around for roughly 200,000 years. We're talking about the last roughly 5,000 years of written history. Yeah. God apparently was absent for the first 195,000 years. Well, wait, wait, wait. Most Christians who believe in the literal translation of the Bible believe we're only about 6,000 years old on this planet anyway, so your estimation of 150,000 is blatantly wrong. I have to stop you there. 200,000. What? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wow, which one of us is more retarded? 200,000 years. <laughs> we've, modern Homo sapiens have been around for 200, about 200,000 years. years. Uh,. Where the hell did I get 150,000? It's not like <laughs> I, I just said it or anything like that. Well, I, I'm glad I'm paying attention. 
<laughs> Try to keep up, man. Well, I'm working on it. However, I'm just so flustered by this retard actually coming out there and saying that God is in all histories. And that's where I'm sitting there going, well, which histories is he in? Please explain to me where he was in the Greek histories before the Christians stomped on the Greeks. He was Zeus, man. Uh, they were all aspect, different aspects of God. Different aspects of God. Well, then why would God put a stop to all of that? I don't know. The scripture tells us, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And you are the compassionate and merciful one. And you are loving to everyone you have made. Really? <laughs> what about the Jews? <laughs> Why didn't he step in when six million of them were being killed in the Holocaust? Wait, wait. There's actually a fight between the Catholics and the Israels because uh, of a Catholic priest not believing in the Holocaust. However, the one thing I, uh, I found rather curious is he says, God is one. What about all the kids in Africa that are starving to death right now? How, how is he loving to them? By distending their bellies and making them look full. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> God is one. God is one. Well, isn't he supposed to be three? But he's one and three. I'm the only one confused about that? It's a mystery. Obviously. Layton, it's a mystery. Wait, wait, wait. Is this what we're supposed to push off into the gray area yeah. where God is better than us? So you don't know everything. You're not yeah. God. Of course. Now today, we rejoice not only in America's peaceful transfer of power for the 44th time, we celebrate a hinge point of history. Hold on a sec. Peaceful transition of power? What happened to the Civil War? Uh, yeah, that wasn't a very peaceful transition. <laughs> that wasn't a power, very peaceful it? transition. So uh, maybe you should do a little bit more math in there and, you know, chop it where uh, Lincoln Actually, was. Technically, it's probably the 43rd time because uh, transfer of power with Washington didn't really happen. Uh, well, you know, uh, I think we better do the math on that to see if he's right or not. With the inauguration of our first African-American president of the United States. No cheering during prayer. <laughs> Keep your eyes closed. We and are bowed. so grateful to live in this land, a land of unequaled possibility, where the son of an African immigrant can rise to the highest level of our leadership. How is it that our nation is more blessed than other nations? I mean, have you seen Japan lately? They're really kicking our butts where technology is concerned. That seems to be a pretty uh, blessed nation, if you want to put it that way. I wish God would bless our economy. Uh, I believe that's what Obama's trying to do with his bailout. And we know today that Dr. King and a great cloud of witnesses are shouting in heaven. Really? <laughs> we know that. <laughs> I don't hear anything. Does he have a microphone to heaven that we Clearly, don't know about? A cl great cloud of... Uh... Give to our new president, Barack Obama, the wisdom to lead us with humility, the courage to lead us with integrity, the compassion to lead us with generosity. Does it occur to you that he's just throwing random stuff out there? Yeah. The compassion really to lead us with generosity? What does that mean? It means that he has to be compassionate enough to save be the generous? economy. Be oh, generous? Bless and protect him. His family. Vice President Biden. The cabinet. The white guy. 
Bless the white guy, too. <laughs> Bless the white guy, after all. And every one of our freely elected leaders. Help us, oh God, to remember that we are Americans. Damn proud of it. Just in case you forgot you're an American, we oh. need God to help us remember. Well... It is an important thing to remember as you're sitting on an American couch watching this or standing <laughs> in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I thought I was in Columbia for a little while there. United not by race or religion or blood, but to our... But by stupidity. <laughs> I'll agree with that. Our commitment to freedom and justice for all. When we focus on ourselves... When we fight each other, when we forget you, forgive us. When we presume that our greatness and our prosperity is ours alone, forgive us. Okay, now right there, right when he said that, the first thing that went through my head is I used to have a childhood best friend. We grew up together, we were best friends up into our, uh, our 20s here. Now the interesting thing is, is he got into a bit of trouble. He showed up in Hawaii to live with me. And uh, for most of his life, he'd been a carpet layer. When he got to Hawaii, he didn't want to be a carpet layer anymore. And so, basically, he tossed around and got a job at Home Depot as a cashier or something like that. And so I look at that and think, now, is it really God that is determining our prosperity, or is it our own choices? That's what I would like to know. You can have several choices here. Either go to school or work in just a, a meaningless job, or I wouldn't say carpet laying's meaningless, but if you want to do something more, educate yourself. So how is it God is stepping in there, and he is determining the prosperity of these people? Why isn't it them determining their own prosperity by stepping forward and reaching their own goals? Because God's everywhere, in everything. He's in my school books? He is. I'm pretty sure the state put a stop to that. What I couldn't believe is, is this talk about forgiveness. If we forget God, forgive us. Well, I'm pretty sure God's going to damn us to hell if Why we does him. he care? Because Honestly. So are... i got to be thinking about God every minute of every day, otherwise I need to be forgiven? You know, that, that has always been something very interesting to me. Ridiculous. Why is it God cares? Why does what he care? If I had all the power in the universe, I think I'd be a little more self-assured than someone who gets really angry at what is apparently an, an ant to him, because he's infinite and we're finite. Why does he care whether we believe in him or not? That is exactly my point. Why does God care about us? We are nothing more than a small portion of his creations. Do you know how many insects there are compared to us? When we fail to treat our fellow human beings and all the earth with the respect that they deserve, forgive us. Okay, respect isn't deserved, it's earned. As we face these difficult days ahead, may we have a new birth of clarity in our aims, responsibility in our actions, humility in our approaches. What? What is a humble approach to the economy? This guy's worthless. Well, I'd have to say a humble approach is looking at it and going, come on, guys, can't we all just get along? I, I don't understand how uh, humility in our approach is going to help us at all. Well, see, that was kind of the whole purpose of his talk, to be so ambiguous 
that you can't really tell what exactly he is trying to get at. I mean, it, it really doesn't make much sense. You have a historic occasion that you, you talk, and this is it. This is what you come up with. Can't God inspire anything better than this crap? Well, it certainly isn't any Lincoln address, but, uh, you know, I mean, look look who is God's men- messenger right now. This is proof to me that there is no God. This is just utter... Nonsense. I can't even say it. Thank you. Nonsense. There you go. And civility in our attitudes, even when we differ. Help us to share, to serve, and to seek the common good of all. May all people of goodwill today join together to work for a more just, a more healthy, and a more prosperous nation and a peaceful planet. And may we never forget that one day all nations and all people will stand accountable before you. Yeah, may we never forget that. (laughs) One day God's going to bring the hammer down on everyone. Well, I I hear that's coming with the second coming of Christ. I'm sure it's pretty soon. You're going to burn. Every everyone's gonna bow their knee and and uh, their tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Christ. Let's all remember that we're gonna stand before the judgment bar of God. That's what I'm remembering right now. We now commit our new president and his wife Michelle and his daughters Malia and Sasha. And was that an accent he was doing? I don't know what he was doing right there. I mean, was he really just trying to stress their names? It's like those um, news reporters who are like, instead of saying George Lopez, they try to give it the accent. Jorge. Jorge Lopez. <laughs> I want to buy a burrito. What, la- last time, Taco Bell. Their names don't deserve any accent <laughs> as far as I can tell. Malia and Sasha. Malia and Sasha. Sounds Malia good to you. And Sasha. Oh, yeah, Sasha. Dear loving care, I humbly ask this in the name of the one who changed my life, Yeshua, Isa, Jesus, Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Curiously enough, he brings up temptation, which again comes down to, we were discussing why does God care about us? Well, turn it around. Why does Satan care enough about us to throw temptation into our path? I mean, really, this guy pissed off God, he got beat down, and now God's allowing him to run rampant around here, and he, Satan is so pissed off at God that he wants to screw the rest of us? How does that make sense? Uh, it doesn't. They, they'll, the, Satan's a nice um, uh, upgrade or uh, innovation because um, he's really not present in the Old Testament. Uh, it really, he, he comes from the New Testament onward. Um, so he's a good fall guy. Well, yeah. 
there, there's not much at all about the Old Testament. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, old Hebrew theology was that uh, this, this earth was pretty much all you got. There wasn't a heaven. There wasn't a hell. Uh, if you were punished, you were punished on this earth. If you were blessed, you were blessed on this earth. That's why they have to pass it on to the like unto the seventh generation, right? Um, so that's why they they're punished under the seventh generation, and that's why people like who were born blind they think that their parents had did sin, something right? wrong. Yeah. The problem with Satan is they think that they can offload all of their stuff onto Satan, all the bad stuff, so it absolves God of all responsibility. Well, of course, because God, being the all-powerful God he is, can stand back and watch Satan push you towards all of these atrocities and not do a single thing about it. That's the problem. Uh, Satan and God are not co-equal. God is more powerful than Satan, so everything that, he, that Satan does, God allows it to be done. Now, see, he that, is equally culpable. That is a, an exact point there. I mean, if Satan were as powerful as God, this would make more sense because then you would have that constant battle between good and evil. However, Satan was cast out from heaven, which again brings me to my point. If God's will is done in heaven, why did he have to cast out Satan and what was it, a third of the hosts? According to Mormon theology. Oh yeah, I get that confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that completely threw off my train of thought. <laughs> well, anyway, Satan wasn't really pushing towards God's will. God's will was not being done in heaven. Now, has that ever made any sense to you? You have Satan standing there in front of the all-powerful, almighty God, and he spits in God's eye? It, this God character, it really isn't all that competent. Uh, you know, he, he can't prevent evil. Um, he can't get everyone to agree on what his attributes are, or whether he even exists or not. For an all-powerful, omnipresent, omnibenevolent, omniscient being, he sucks. He <laughs> sucks at his job. Well, maybe he's just lazy. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's he got is. so many other worlds that he has to take care of. That... He's all-powerful, dude. He's infinite. Oh, that's a good point. He knows every single one of our actions before we do it. In fact, he knows us better than we know ourselves. I read a, a little tract in college. Someone passed me out a tract. And they said, here's their proof of God. Um, you know that negative charges uh, and, and positive charges attract each other, right? Okay. And like charges repel each other. Yeah. Well, in, in the nucleus you have a bunch of protons which are positively charged. Yeah. All of those protons would fly apart and the universe would explode without the power of Christ. It's Christ who's holding all those protons together. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now let me get this straight. We're talking millions upon gabillions of these things. And yes, yeah. I did say gabillions. Yes. And Christ is sitting there concentrating on every single insignificant tiny little one? He has to, otherwise the protons will fly apart. There's no such thing as a strong nuclear force, right? Of course not. Um, <laughs> it's all God Excuse and Christ. Me. Just because we call it a strong nuclear force. <laughs> it's really the it's power really of Christ. It's really the power of Christ. We're just calling it by a different name. Apples are still apples. But I, I thought that was awesome. That was a great. It was very clever. Anyway, all right, let's move on to... My favorite topic, Glenn Beck. Yeah, one of the reasons why we decided to do what's in the news once a month is because, once again, Glenn Beck has risen to prove his retardation. This guy really is a moron. Um, I can, 
What I can understand, I can understand why he's number three uh, in the um, conservative arena. Because, you know, when he talks, he really hasn't done any research. If you listen to Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity, they can pull facts and figures uh, out of who knows where and and, uh, pin down the people they're debating against. This guy... Uh, I'm not sure he does any preparation whatsoever. I don't you know? think he does any research. Maybe I mean, his wife says, hey, I read something here, and then he puts it on the show. Because it looks like he's a complete lack of research whatsoever. Well, sounds a lot Case. like my dad. <laughs> Case in point. 90% of us believe that there is a God. 90%, yet we seem to be pushed around by... He says 90% on this one, and yet there, in other little shows of his, he's popped out 89%. Who knows where he's going to go with these numbers? And in fact, where are you getting this statistic? Really? I mean, 1%, as I've seen, is about 3 million people. So uh, if you're missing out on 1%, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I wonder if he says 89% because it makes him sound more intelligent. But just saying rounded off 90. figure 90%. <laughs> um what what I've heard is if you get atheists and agnostics together, um, people who self-identify, that's about actually 15%. So uh, since agnostics don't believe in God, uh, that's actually 85% that, that believe in God. You're just throwing off way too many figures. <laughs> You're going to screw up Glenn Beck's figures. If you what look you at it, you've got Christianity, I think, which is 70 or 75%. The second leading... Religion in the United States That's is funny. unbelievers. Oh, really? Unbelievers. Oh, wait, yeah, if you're going They'd be 15%. Yeah. And way down, you've got uh, Jews and Muslims and Mormons and, and everyone else. Yeah. Uh, but we make up the second biggest block after Christians. And you only get Christians if you lump them all together. Yeah. Well, I mean, why are we looking at Christians all together? Why don't we separate them out? Into the Episcopalians, Methodists, yeah. uh, Unitarians, um, Southern Baptists. They're all different. Yeah? Well, why don't we separate it up? And I mean, what he's doing is he's lumping all religions together because, I mean, he's lumped Muslims in there. He's he lumped he's everybody. He's a believer in, in God. Jews. He's, he's lumped everybody in there together where yeah. God is concerned. Absolutely. By 10%. And I don't care. You don't believe in God. You want to worship a broom. I... What does not believing in God have to do with worshiping a broom? Does that make any sense to you? Um, actually, the broom performs more miracles than God does. <sighs> could really care less. Now there's some people that want to remove God from America entirely and, uh, you know, right here in this country that is, you know, one nation under God. Right, because it's always been that way, right? Well, that's what I understand. I mean, our our declaration and, you know, standing up, putting our hand to our chest, it's always said one nation under God indivisible, right? The the Pledge of Allegiance, that was inserted in the McCarthy area in the 50s. One nation, indivisible. One nation under God, indivisible. That was inserted in the 50s. So uh, we've been a country for, what, 232 years. Yep. In the last 50, we've had the Pledge of Allegiance have under God. I tell you that the founding fathers would be spinning in their graves if they knew about all this stuff that's going on, all this this foisting religion on people. Well, I mean, the whole point of this nation from the very beginning was we were a melting pot of people. We were right. all thrown together. You tolerate religion, um, you, you be tolerant of all religions, but the government is secular. 
that's the it whole point of it. Separate. Without religion. How can you sit down all of these religions and have them agree on points? You need to separate government and religion. That's the point. You can't even now use the word prayer in school because it makes the children cry. Some people want to force... That's it. It's because it makes the children cry. That was the crux of the legal decision. Their non-belief down our throats. I ain't forcing it down your throat. Don't force your non-belief. I don't care what... Really, Glenn? You're not forcing your religion down our throat? Last I checked, you converted to Mormonism. And what do Mormons do at the age of 19 and when they go on an elderly mission? They walk up, they knock on your door, and they try to give you a Book of Mormon, try to give you discussion. So how is that not shoving your religion down our throats? That's a very good point. Uh, and, and Unless and until Mormons stop their missionary efforts, and, and Christians in general stop their missionary efforts, of course you're forcing your, your belief down my throat. Now let me ask you something. How many atheists are walking around door to door knocking and saying, "Would you please like to listen to our reasons for not being or for not believing in God?" I saw one on YouTube. It was kind of funny, actually. Really? Yeah, I'll have to show that it. That does to you. sound pretty entertaining. <laughs> anyway, what you believe in, just leave God alone, please. Leave God alone, the poor guy. Yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> well, he can't stick up for himself, <laughs> obviously. You and I are still talking, and we haven't been smitten down. You know. um... If God is so angry about taking prayer out of schools, then God should get off his ass and do something about it himself. Why is it we don't see God coming down to the legislation and saying, you know what, guys, really, I would, I would really like it if you would allow these children to come unto me and pray to me every day in school. It doesn't even have to be a personal appearance. How about a lightning bolt on the legislature when they're talking about this stuff, or a lightning bolt at the judge when he... Uh, issues this verdict. Wait, wait, wait. A lightning bolt could be misconstrued by those of us who actually use our minds and science, so he would have to do it over and over again for everybody who stood up to try and fight He this. can do it. He's God. Well, he's done it in the past, hasn't he? Absolutely. So why isn't he doing it now? In Illinois, Robert uh, Gettleman struck down uh, a moment of silence law because he says it's an effort to force students at an impressionable age uh, to contemplate religion. This uh, genius suggested a new law that doesn't list prayer as a possibility. A, a moment of silence doesn't do any good. I whatsoever. don't think we should have it, period. These teachers are supposed to be in there teaching our children about arithmetic, about writing, about history. Why are they stopping these teachers who are already overburdened by too many students? Why are they stopping them to say, everybody sit quietly for a second and think? Why is the legislature requiring us as taxpayers to pay teachers to sit and not teach? Aren't they already fighting to increase our education level? So doesn't that mean we should cram every second yeah. we can why with we, knowledge? Why are we taking time away from the teachers and telling them just sit there and don't do anything? But if we're going to have to do that because these idiots want prayer in schools, uh, by the way, you, you, you can't stop kids from praying. You I'm sure they pray can. all the time. They pray before tests. They pray before school. You know, they do whatever they want. They can close their eyes pray. Um... But if they really want a moment of silence, then really you can't say, oh, let's use this moment of silence to pray if you want to. Because that's forcing them, um, there's forcing a sectarian religion down your throat. You know what's interesting is I brought this subject up with Amber. 
And uh, she was talking about how her school, completely non-school related, there were some students who would get together out around the flagpole every morning or afternoon or whatever, and they would pray. That's fine with me. Go Fantastic. ahead. Do it. But these teachers and this school is not to endorse these things. And I love how he calls the guy a genius because Glenn Beck uh, went to law school. He understands the law. Wait, wait, wait. Glenn Beck is a self-educated man. We've already <laughs> de determined that. You cannot. Uh, what he should have done instead of, he'll have James Dobson on in a second. What he should have done is brought an attorney in. If he had any brains rolling around in that head of his, he should have had a constitutional lawyer talk about the decision. Nope. That wouldn't have worked for him no. because that would have made him look less right. intelligent instead of going and finding somebody who is religious themselves and wants to see prayer back in schools. Yeah, this guy couldn't have a vested interest in wanting a moment of silence at all, right? He couldn't, uh, he, he couldn't, um, you know, it's so hollow when they say this. Yeah, now why is it, Glenn, don't you get an alternate position? Why don't you get somebody on there who doesn't agree with you and bend over backwards to praise you on your new show? Because he's an idiot. He couldn't take it. Clearly. Are the children of atheists so fragile that the idea of prayer could actually warp their minds? Uh, missed the point entirely. Absolutely. Did you even read the judge's... Uh, verdict, uh, his memorandum, uh, what, you know, the, the decision that he issued, did you even read it? It's all about separation of church and state. It's not, okay, I, I agree with you, daughter of an atheist, because I don't want your little mind warped. That wasn't the decision. Glenn, it wasn't the decision. Why don't you talk about reality instead of your stupid interpretation of it? It all comes down to the fact that he has not researched this. It's like you said. It was probably his wife saying, Hey, did you hear about this? Can you believe that they're putting a stop to this? How is this hurting our children? Well, how it's hurting your children is instead of getting educated, they now have to stop classes. Even if the teacher's on a roll on a certain subject, they have to stop classes. Moment of silence. Pray. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, our kids could just sit there in silence for a moment, no matter what you believe. Don't bother the kids that are praying or the people who choose not to pray. It'll leave them all alone. Why waste the time, Glenn? Why waste the time? Don't you want your children to be educated every minute they are in school? Isn't that the point? I have an idea. Um, if only uh, religious people had a place that was dedicated to prayer, that maybe once a week they could go and pray... You know, that's what we should really work for in the legislation, is actually getting religious people a place where they can go and where they can be religious and pray. And speaking of which, I'm pretty sure that Catholic churches are open seven days a week. <laughs> so if you would really like to pray, go to a Catholic church. Shouldn't, wouldn't it be more powerful praying to God on holy ground than it would be on an unholy church, or excuse me, school that wants to be separated from God? Doesn't that make more sense? Glenn, school is for teaching children, 
all right? If you want to go to Sunday school, go to Sunday school. If you want to go to a church, go to a church. If you want to pray at home, pray at home. If you want to pray in school, then close your eyes and pray in school. But don't have it led by the teachers. Here's James Dobson, founder and chairman of Focus on the Family. Okay, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. I know you have, uh, today's a special day, it's an anniversary day, and I want to get to that. But I also want to talk to you about religion coming under attack, where we are sitting here in a country now where we can't even say prayer. It's It's been deemed unconstitutional to even say the word prayer. It's not deemed. It actually is unconstitutional to advance a sectarian religion in a tax-funded organization, in a yeah. government organization. If you do that, then you are pushing a political agenda, basically. Yeah, um, with taxpayer money. Um, you know, I pay taxes. I'm an atheist. I think that school is for teaching children school stuff. Teach them your religion in church. I don't think we should talk about education, because, I mean, obviously that's not supposed to happen in schools. And it clearly is not Glenn Beck's strong suit. Mm. To our children. That's crazy. Uh, Glenn, the decision that was handed down this week was not even about prayer. It was about a moment of silence without any mention of prayer. Oh, really? No mention of prayer. Excuse me, uh, Charlie, what was the title of this act? Yeah, we looked it up. It's the Silent Reflection and Student Prayer Act. The really? title of it. That has nothing to do with prayer? So the teacher is going to stand up there and say, Okay, students, it is time for us to, you know, follow the law by stopping class, and we are going to enact the Silent Reflection and Student Prayer Act? Oh, and for those of you who don't want to pray, I'm sorry, uh, but uh, you're just going to have to sit there and think about something else. So let's, let's just read the act itself. Um, it's wonderful, this internet age. You can actually check these guys immediately by looking it up. Here what? it is, section one. In each public school classroom, the teacher in charge shall observe a brief period of silence with the participation of all the pupils therein assembled at the opening of every school day. This period shall not be conducted as a religious exercise, but shall be an opportunity for silent prayer or for silent reflection on the anticipated activities of the day. Now, if I'm not mistaken... I think that mentioned prayer. No, 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 it didn't. Excuse me. I'm Close pretty sure eyes. it did, Close yeah. your eyes. It did not mention prayer. All I'm saying is, didn't we toss prayer out of the schools years ago? 50s? Yeah. 60s. I think it was the 60s. 60s, yeah. Um, people hate, I think, the atheist um, Madeleine O'Hare. They hate her guts because she brought the lawsuit up that got uh, prayer tossed out of schools. Well, obviously, she was this small portion that was, you know, atheist who was pushing around these big, bad religious people. Here's another place where student prayer isn't mentioned. Section 5? Section 5, student prayer. <laughs> <laughs> in order the right of every student to free exercise religion is guaranteed within the public schools and that each student has the freedom to not be subject to the pressure from the state, either to engage in or to refrain from religious observation. Oh, these guys, they're just lying for Jesus here. Yeah. Uh, on public school grounds, students in the public schools may voluntarily engage in individually initiated, non-disruptive prayer that, consistent with the free exercise and establishment clause of the United States and Illinois constitutions, is not sponsored, promoted, or endorsed in any manner by the school or any school employee. Uh, yeah, except that it's a, a law that was passed by the legislature. You can't just say that, oh, it's, um, uh, it's definitely consistent with um, the establishment clause of the constitution, <laughs> and then just hope and cross your fingers. Now, what I would like to point out is this statement right here. 
free exercise of religion is guaranteed within the public schools. So where exactly is prayer not in that? Uh, and, and free exercise of religion is guaranteed within the public schools. Really? Um, how about the free exercise of, of religion of polygamists who like to marry 14-year-olds? Yeah. Uh, are they able to do that in school? Uh, is that so. going to be sponsored on school grounds? Of course. How about uh, Muslims? Are they permitted to get their little praying rats out and pray five times a day without disrupting class? Well, they, they can disrupt class because it's, it's, it's Class is already disrupted. In fact, Muslims are fully within their rights underneath this act to whip out their mats, kneel down, and pray towards Mecca. Yeah, that's individually initiated. It's non-disruptive. No. They're just praying over How there. How is it disruptive? They're just chanting and praying. It... it well, maybe a little bit more than silent if they're chanting. But. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, uh, Dr. Dobson says that it never even mentions prayer, he, he's a little bit inaccurate. What kind of a doctor is he? Uh, we ought to look that up, too. I mean, all that the school was doing was giving kids an opportunity to sit and think. <laughs> Wrong. What was the title of that again? Oh, yes. The they could prayer. contemplate. They could reflect. They could think about a baseball game coming. Or they could pray. I mean, or they could pray, but nobody <laughs> mentioned prayer. So it's... No well, one mentions prayer. No one mentions prayer, yes. What was the name of that act? Hmm? The most extreme decision that's been handed down with regard to schools. They just have to eliminate even the possibility that somebody might pray. You know, it's so extreme to be consistent with the Constitution and the Establishment Clause. That the, is it's very extremist. Extreme. The Founding Fathers were extremists. You know, Very extremist. They were against God, obviously. Clearly. Because the Founding Fathers did not put anywhere in the Constitution God's name. They did not put anywhere in the Constitution that we needed to follow oh, really? what God said. He's going to correct you on this. In this country, our rights come from God. If you eliminate God, where rights come from? The answer is the state. They'll replace the state with God. The funny thing is, is he's sitting there and he's saying that God gives us our rights, not the state. Really, Glenn? So you're telling me if the state comes in and says to you, we are taking your house because it is in the best interest of the community, that's really God being shoved out by the state? Where does that um, work? Where is God actually, in Actually, God will actually intervene because the, the rights are derived from God, not the state. So God will actually step in and uh, intervene and prevent your house from being taken. By what? Burning a bush? By <laughs> so I guess eminent domain is, is only on the books at the sufferance of God, and God will... Uh, yes, they must, they must pray to God first to find out, can we take this house for the betterment of the community? Yeah. I got a news bulletin for you, Glenn. Your rights are at the sufferance of the state. If, for, for whatever reason... Um, Bush wants to wiretap uh, surveillance uh, Americans. Guess what? God doesn't intervene. Bush does that. Yeah. The state does it, Glenn. Where exactly is God putting a stop to something like that? And they're putting the cart before the horse. Uh, you guys who believe in God, you have to prove the existence of God or at least provide a shred of evidence before you say any rights emanate from him whatsoever. <laughs> Idiots. But if you, if you take God out of the picture, then where do the rights come from? The state? Well, it comes from the Constitution, 
you know, which says that we're endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights. Well, there you go. You're wrong. The Constitution says that... Well, which section? <laughs> it's the part of the Constitution that's called the Declaration of Independence. I didn't realize that was part of the Constitution. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dobson, for once again correcting me with your boundless intelligence. Yeah, Do Dr. Dobson, the uh, Declaration actually states that we are endowed by our Creator. Um, the Constitution never mentions God, Jesus, uh, at all. At I all. wonder why. And it, it, Those, could it be that they wanted to be a secular document and a secular government? No, no. That would that would just go against all beliefs that this is a secular nation perhaps, filled with Christians. Perhaps they just forgot to add God in there. You know, that's a good point. With all those lines, it can be a little bit iffy. Well, let's let add him after this, maybe before this. Oh, wait, we forgot entirely. Well, let's just sign it. Maybe they were a little busy. These deeply religious Christian men who are forming a Christian nation, perhaps they just forgot to add God into the Constitution. That happens to me all the time. Yeah, I mean, certainly your Constitution is where we derive our rights from, right? The Bill of Rights, the, the first ten amendments of the Constitution, this is where we get our rights from. Uh, in no mention of God. Um, it's amazing because because wait, God wait. is where we derive our rights. Wait, you saw that, uh, what, what was that, National Treasure movie? Yeah. Maybe if we flipped it over and rubbed a little lemon Maybe on it. Maybe it was yeah, an invisible it ink. It was invisible ink. We know you guys back there. We know what you're getting at. All right. And uh, if you say that rights do not come from God and they come from the state, they can be taken away. People's rights have never been violated in the United States of America. Never. Their oh, rights have never been taken away. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I just remembered the Japanese in World War II. Oof. If you say, as our founding fathers did, that rights come from God, they are inalienable. Uh, Where do the founding <laughs> fathers say that? <laughs> Declaration of Independence. We are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Um, but that is not our Constitution. That is they not setting down our rights. They don't understand the definition of inalienable or rights, I think. Um, when they say inalienable rights, they mean rights that should be granted to everyone. Those clearly are not worldwide granted to everyone. It, if, if Dobson would like you to believe that if these rights are, are derived from God, ain't no way you can take them away from you. There's no way because God's too powerful. Yeah, explain that to those who aren't living in this country who are getting oppressed by a dictator. Explain that to people who live in this country. Uh, explain that to the black guy who gets pulled over in his car just because he's black. Explain that to the Muslim who's racially profiled out of the airport just because he appears to be Muslim. Wait, wait, are you suggesting... Explain that, that to the people... gays who can't get married. Okay, now you're just going too far. Are you trying to tell me that... God isn't protecting the rights of I'm every American. About basic civil rights that are being violated in our country, with um, that is supposedly based on God-given, God-granted, inalienable rights. You are wrong, sir. There is no problem with the way we this country is being moved. God is behind everything. You are wrong. Please scoot away from me. <laughs> These people are absolute morons. And this is why you need someone with an opposing view. I would settle for someone with two functional neurons. 
Yeah, let sitting him, across from Glenn Beck. Let him be religious. That's fine and dandy. We we don't care. But let him sit there and say, you know, Glenn, I can see the other side of this. I can see that this is a secular nation. But, you know, I'm still religious. I, I wish we could pray in school, but I can see the problems with that. Let an intelligent individual Absolutely. sit across from him. Um, Americans for the, uh, United for the Separation of Church and State is run by... Uh, religious people, pastors, priests, um, they understand that it's not only in the best interest of the state, but it's the best interest of the church to have this stuff separated. Why don't you have someone, Glenn, if you don't understand this, why don't you have someone on the program, like a leader of Americans United for the Separation of Church and State, to just spoon-feed you so you get it? Well, obviously, they don't realize that God gives us our rights, right. and they are wrong. Exactly. So that's why he can't have them on there. It, and uh, it is uh, really a question of, uh, of freedom. Everything is wrapped up in this issue of okay. where those rights come from. All right, um, Dr. Dobson, thank you on that issue. Thank you so much, Dr. Dobson. Yeah, it it's, was enlightening. it's a question of freedom, and it's the atheists who are pushing around your freedom to force every child in every school to bow their heads, whether it be in contemplation or prayer. Yeah, that's not forcing somebody's freedom. When they're going to school to learn, that's not taking away their freedom. I love how they mention contemplation of the day's activities or prayer. What about meditation? How about, why don't you contemplate the Buddha? Or, um, I don't know, Nirvana, uh, Um, Zeus, Thor, Quetzalcoatl. Those aren't God. Uh, (laughs) Why does it have to be prayer? Why can't they mention, think about um, other religions that, that maybe don't pray? And one of the the things that the judge said was that it discriminates against religious people who don't silently pray. (laughs) So you can't, you know, even with prayer, you can't please everyone. What if people have to chant for their religion vocally? You know, what are these people who look at all these monks in China? Yeah, exactly. Who who meditate, you know, om. What about the snake charmers who have to dance with a snake and speak in tongues? The snake handlers of Appalachia. (laughs) Why can't they silently handle their snakes? Well, I mean, I would like to see some Wiccan in there lighting some candles and and casting their spells, their incense. Oh, man. Silently Uh, silently light your incense. incense. (laughs) Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Yeah, you're opening the floodgates there, retard. That's the whole reason why there is that separation because who defines what religion is going to be in that silent contemplation and prayer it's amazing i'm just i'm I'm amazed all right so uh that pretty much ends our atheist news roundup and uh we know what we're doing next week i haven't the foggiest idea but i do know that uh, you want to do intelligent design so maybe we should hit that all right i would love to hit Maybe we'll review Expelled. We're a little late to the party. Oh, yeah. But maybe we'll review Expelled and go over the argument from Intelligent Design and and take it apart. Sounds good to me. I really, really despise that movie Expelled because it's a whole bunch of propaganda chopped up to make it look intelligent. All right. I can't wait. We'll see you then. (laughs) 